Crushing Booze and Paying Dues Hockey Podcast. This is episode two. I'm your host as always, Joshua Anselmo, joined by my co-host Daniel Gaeta and Nate Mohabir. Unfortunately, no Mitch on the pot for this episode as he's up north, but let's get started here today. Should be a good one. Dan, how has your week been, buddy? We missed you on the first pod. Yeah, no, I couldn't make it out to the first one. I was uh, up north with the family for, uh, for a couple days at the cottage. But uh, glad to be back. Um, week's been a bit hectic, uh, getting ready to move out of the house uh, for my first year away at university, starting the, going into the second year at Brockview. But yeah, it's been a busy week, getting ready for that. But uh, excited to be back on the pod and yeah, ready to go. The Kyle Dubas School earns another one and Daniel Gaeta. <laughs> Nate, let's get to you, buddy. How's your week been since the last recording? It's been pretty good. Uh, I got a new job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm ready for the new episode. I'm ready to get started. New job, new Nate. Perfect for the pod here as we start. All right, guys, today's episode is going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun one as we're kind of going into the Atlantic Division more heavily than most episodes. I think from now on, what we should do is just pick a division each uh, as we go along here before the season kicks off and kind of do a, like a dive and look in. So why not start with the Atlantic this year? And uh, let's start with the first you know, question, well, the first topic today is, Nate, let's start with you. Did the Florida Panthers get better? We know they made the trade uh, that sent Huberto to Calgary. Here's the full trade. Jonathan Huberto, Mackenzie Weger, and Cole Schwint, along with a first-round pick to the Calgary Flames in return for Matthew Tuchuk. They also parted ways with Ben Sherratt and Claude Giroux. ton of other moves uh, that are more under-the-radar depth signings. They did bring in Eric Stahl on a PTO. Um, Nate, in your opinion, did the Florida Panthers get better? No, absolutely not. Just because just because they lost all those players, as you mentioned, and they only have Matthew Kachuk to show for it, and the rest of the Atlantic significantly got better. Interesting, interesting. Dan, what about you? Yeah, no. I, I do not know what was going on in, in Florida's head when they got rid of... First of all, I thought Huberto for Kachuk, this is my opinion, that was even like... <laughs> A little bit much, because I, I think Huberto is a great player. I think Huberto is better than Matthew Kachuk, and so the fact that they lost Uyghur in that deal as well, who I think is the second best D man on that team and a pretty good D in the league, along with Giroux and Sherratt. And again, like Nate said, the only thing they have to show for all of that is Matthew Kachuk. I no, they're not getting better, and they're I think they're significantly worse. Interesting. So my take on the Florida Panthers here and what they did this offseason is, you know, last year I wasn't a fan of them. And I'm sure if you guys remember, when we were doing our playoff brackets, I had the Florida Panthers actually going out in round one to the Washington Capitals. And the reason why I did that, you know, it was kind of a hot take back then at the time, was because of how much offense was built within this Panthers team. Um, one thing I like about my teams is I like two-way teams, and especially in the playoffs. Uh, teams that I can rely on their defensive game. And, you know, when you ask me, did the Florida Panthers get better? Obviously, I, I, I wasn't a fan of the trade. I think they gave up too much. But they got a young player in Matthew Tuchuk. 
And I know you said, I love Huberto. Like, Huberto was one of my favorite players in the NHL for the last, like, five seasons now. He's just so dynamic and so creative in the offensive zone. But they go out, they get a younger guy into Chuck. They lock him up long-term. Remember, to Chuck's analytics and what he could bring in terms of the physical aspect, he was almost considered a top five, top ten kind of young talent in the league. So I guess you have to give up um, to get. But, you know, Mackenzie Weger, that situation, very good defenseman. But there's also a lot of question marks, right? Like his contract was going to be up. Were they going to have the financial space to keep him around? Um, is he actually as good as we saw? We know that he was, you know, paired up with Ekblad for a large part of last season. Obviously, he still uh, did well without Ekblad in the last two seasons when Ekblad went down with injury. But, you know, analytically, he was a top 20 defenseman last year. But I just, like, I'm still kind of confused about how good really is Mackenzie Weger. I love his play style. He's a very quick, mobile defenseman. And, he, you know, he plays the right side. He can also play the left side. So I, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see how he does in Calgary. But you know, I look at this Florida Panthers team, and one thing I don't know about you guys, but I look at the last Stanley Cup winners here, like the most recent successful teams. We have the Colorado Avalanche, who just won this year. We have the Tampa Bay Lightning, who went back to back. We had the Pittsburgh Penguins, who went back to back, and we had the Washington Capitals in between then. And one thing that I've noticed with all of those teams is every single team that I just mentioned, they were able to play against you in a high scoring affair they were able to beat you one nothing two nothing they were able to hold leads they were able to score when they were down they were a multi-tool kind of offense and they were just as good defensively and right now i kind of feel like with this florida team is yes they've made so many changes and they've lost so many parts and really big names like ben Sherrod and claude Giroux as well their trade deadline acquisitions but you know right now i feel like they're kind of getting a little bit more balanced and i'm starting to like that one thing I find that goes over uh, overlooked is they brought in Paul Maurice, right? Maurice, he's a veteran coach. We know his structure. I have a feeling that you're going to see guys like Barkov kind of have better seat. Like, Barkov was incredible last year, but I think this year he's just going to get – I feel like this might be a hot take, but I think McKenzie uh, – McKenzie. I think Alexander Barkov at the end of the year when it's all said and done could be a top five player in the NHL. I'm that high on him. His defensive game paired with his offensive game, he's just a pure talent. And now that he's going to be under Maurice, all that opportunity with a team that's a little bit more balanced. Remember, now they can play physical, right? They have to chuck, who can get in your face, kind of stir the pot with the other teams. You're going up against teams like the Maple Leafs and the Bruins and Tampa Bay. It's going to be good to get a guy like this to kind of light that fire under you. Remember, Chuck's also very good on the power play. Kind of gives the Panthers that new weapon that Cork was kind of was, that pest in front of the net who's, you know, banging in rebounds and could disrupt play, you know, maybe punch a goalie in the face or two, you know, add some fun stuff. But right now I kind of feel like the Florida Panthers are, you know, they're kind of changing it around a bit. They're really changing the structure and the mold of this team. I like it because I love the star power. Like, I love Ekblad. I love Barkov. You add to Chuck now. Carter Verhage has been a really nice surprise for them uh, when he went over to Florida. They have some good, good players there. Sam Bennett has done really well since coming over to Florida too. But one thing for me is – Anton Lindell if he could continue to grow into the player that he is drafted high he's a great player one of my favorite prospects um, coming into the NHL I loved him last year he was a really sneaky fantasy ad Anton Lindell if he could just grow off of last year I think this team will not have a one-two punch and Barkov and Lindell mixed with a little bit more edge to their team I like this Florida Panthers team next year I, I'm not you know thrilled with their offseason, but I kind of like what they're doing. What about you guys? Uh, 
think you covered most of it. Like, again, I'm anything else to add really on Florida? Or are you guys good? I know I went. That was my rant there. <laughs> I I'm a, I like the Panthers this year. I gotta say I like the Panthers. I don't I don't think they finish as the top Atlantic. I think they no. Make pl- okay, it's a top I think Atlantic, they make no. playoffs. I don't think they do nearly as good as this year though. Regular season wise, I don't think they're gonna touch that. But that's what I like about this team is I feel like they're more built for the postseason now. And I feel like in a series against the Leafs, right now they might have a little bit more of a fight because now they have that aggression. Like, you know, when I saw the Leafs take on Florida last year, I remember it was a game in Sunrise. It was like 8-7 or 7-6. It was some, like, ridiculous football score where, like, Toronto was leading, like, 5-1 and then blew the lead. Then, like, Florida wins in overtime or some ridiculous stuff like that where Campbell had a meltdown and then uh, Shalgren had to come in. Like, it was just a, a mess. And right away after watching that game, I felt like both of those two teams would not win the Stanley Cup playing hockey like that. That's just my opinion. I know I'm I'm sounding kind of harsh on how good they were last year, but after that, that's when I kind of didn't have faith in them. And I took Washington over them in a playoff series because I thought Washington had more of that playoff element to their game. And uh, it was actually a lot closer than I think a lot of people expected. But unfortunately, that was like the, one of the only first-round uh, brackets that busted for me. But... I think uh, we can get on with uh, topic number two. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. For that, I can I completely agree with that that uh that point there. Like, you cannot win a game with strictly offense. And I guess like yeah, if you see two offensive firepower teams like Toronto and Florida going at it, it's entertaining and it does make for a competitive game. But when it's just one offensive team versus one pretty balanced team, more often than not, even if the more balanced team isn't as offensively strong they'll come out on top because they have a more sound game all around which which wins which wins games in general and which wins championships like yeah exactly like like i said the penguins the capitals tampa colorado they could beat you in multiple multiple different styles and different situations in different games but uh let's go on to our next topic here now um the boston bruins do we think they could survive this year uh early on with all the injuries they have nate let's start with you I think they have a lot of key injuries, like Grizzlick, McAvoy, Bergeron. Those are key players to the Boston Bruins. Marchand. And Marchand. That's another huge loss. Sorry, did I say Bergeron? I meant Marchand. Bergeron did have off-season surgery, though, so I kind of see how that came in your head. But, yeah, I don't don't think they – I think they fall too far behind, especially in the Atlantic Division. I think they will fall too far behind to the point where they won't make playoffs. Interesting, interesting. What about you? They will. No, they won't make playoffs. No. Okay, Dan. What about you? Well, I actually am not sure. Like, um, I am a fan of the Bruins as well. Like, being a Leaf fan is kind of weird to say that, but I do also really like the Bruins. Um, like without Mac, McAvoy is one of my favorite defensemen in the league. I think he's like so, like, can do everything. Like, I feel like he's such a strong strong defenseman like physically uh he's really good defensively and can put the puck in the net and create plays like i think he's one of the best at the one of the best in the league at doing that and so without him grizzly which would be their number two guy and marshawn who's like arguably one of their best forwards if not their best forward on their team so it will be hard for them depending on how long these players are out but if they come back quick enough hopefully uh hopefully they can yeah, make a run for a playoff spot, but I would think it would be that that last spot, the wild card or fourth spot in the division. 
one thing about the Bruins is, you know, that start is going to be the part where it's going to be the make or break. You know, like Nate said, they're missing a lot of key names, a lot of star power. Like, no McAvoy, right? We know Grizzlick. We don't know if he's going to be ready. That top power play unit, all of a sudden, you like those are both your power play running deep. And I like Grizzlick. I think he would do a fine job if McAvoy was hurt. But we still are unsure with Grizzlick. And now you're looking at a guy like Lindholm to jump up on that top power play and kind of produce for you without a guy like Marchand. And, you know, we look at a guy like Taylor Hall, now he's going to have to step up into that role. You got Pasternak, you got Bergeron, Lindholm. Uh, they did add Zaka. I, I like Zaka a lot. I think if he's in the right spot with a, um, you know, the perfect opportunity for him, I think he could succeed. One thing about Boston, though, is how is this team going to play um, when they are in these tough situations? And how is their goaltending going to keep them in games, right? Jeremy Swayman, I think, you know, you don't have to be the smartest guy in the world to realize that he's a really good goaltender. We know he's got a lot of hype to him this year. How is he going to be able to perform this year? We know Allmark is a pretty good goalie as well when he's on his game. Last year, he was kind of up and down, ebbs and flows, but Jeremy Swayman wasn't like the ice to the fire, you know. He was also all streaky a bit, but I like both their goaltenders. It's just going to be interesting to see how they do in that early half here because, honestly, in my opinion, I don't know if they could survive. I think they are. I think they're going to make the playoffs. But, man, when this team is healthy, watch out for the Boston Bruins because they look like they are deeper than what they were last year. They added Zaka. They brought back Krejci. And I understand Krejci. There's a lot of question marks there. But they look like a team that's ready to go because they know this is their one last shot this season. And when you have that in your back corner, I think you're going to be pretty successful. What about you, Dan? I know you're the Boston guy. Um... Yeah, despite all these injuries, when you mentioned Swayman, like, I don't know, I feel like he might be one of those guys to slide under the radar. Uh, slide under the radar this uh, this upcoming year. Nate? What do you have to say about all this? I just want to say the top three in the Atlantic are locks for me. Uh, you have Toronto, Tampa, Florida. I think those are the top three locks. So they're going to be fighting in a wild card race with the other wildcard teams such as Ottawa who's up my company who we'll be talking about in a bit not Buffalo yet, yet. <laughs> not Buffalo yet you're going to have teams like Washington there you know the Buffalo Islanders that. you're going to have those type of wildcard teams that are going to be fighting with the Boston Bruins the, if they can keep up when they get healthy and they're in that race they might just sneak into a playoff spot. But if they fall behind early, I don't know. I don't really believe in them in the long run. Interesting, interesting. Now, here's a question, Nate. You brought up the Atlantic. <clears throat> Do you think the Boston Bruins would beat – Boston Bruins went healthy. Could they beat the Florida Panthers in a playoff series next year? Honestly, yeah. Like, Olmark has been like, – like, Olmark's he's, – he's their backup. But he, he was pretty good at – pretty good in Buffalo. I don't know if he would be good in the playoffs. Swayman's a really good young goalie, so they'll probably lean on him in the playoffs. Then you have just that absolute, what's the word, veteran presence with Marchand and Bergeron up there with Krejci. Those are just so much experience between those players, and I think they will have the edge out on the young Florida Panthers. Interesting. What about you, Gaeta? I know you have a little bit of a Boston bias here, but... Yeah. Okay, let's change it. What if the Florida Panthers had home ice advantage in a best of seven in round one? No, I, I still think Boston just Boston in the playoffs. 
they just uh, have such a complete complete game. I feel like like just defensive end, offensive end, and yeah, like Nate said, with Marshawn, Krejci, and Bergeron up there, those guys have been in several playoff series, uh, as we've seen as Leaf fans, which is unfortunate, but uh, they've been so successful, and I think they would definitely come over come over top of the Florida Panthers. Really? I, I'm not sure. I, I know Florida's in a weird spot because they don't really have the futures to play with uh, at the deadline and stuff to add other pieces, but just the Barkov um, under Maurice kind of move. You're going to have that flat, hopefully healthy, like for the full season this time. Um, adding to Chuck there, I, I'm higher on them than a lot of people. But let's let's go to so you know there's a lot of like weird question marks here with Florida so far on this episode. Um, I actually reached out to our friend uh, Panthers Report uh, and asked him some questions. So let's get some uh, you know some information here from a Florida's fan's perspective here. Uh, if you guys are Panthers fans listening to this, make sure you follow the best, the best, absolute best Florida Panthers fan page on Instagram at Panthers underscore report. So here we go. The first question I asked him was, do you think the Panthers got better? And his response was, well, from a business standpoint, it was a very smart move with no cap space and very little room. There was no way we re-signed both Uyghur and Huberto and just lose them for nothing would be stupid. I do think we gave up too much with the first round pick and full Schwint, but it is what it is. Tuchuk is a very smart player, and I think everyone from a fan perspective, sorry, Tuchuk is a very smart player, and I think he can be very good um, and fit very well with everyone. Uh, from a fan perspective, it sucks. Huberto will forever be a legend in the franchise. It hurts to see him leave, but it's a step in the right direction. We got the grid into Chuck, and we never had that in Huberto. I like the move. And see, that was kind of what I was saying earlier, right? They added a new element to their game. Um, I agree with everything that the Panthers report said. Um, they're they're going to be a different team. And, like, they're not going to be the high-scoring, entertaining, you know, Harlem Globetrotters team that they were last year. They're going to be a hard team to play against. So when you go into Sunrise, now you're going to have to face a guy like Chuck that, you know, he's not afraid to go at it with the best or the toughest guys in the league. I think that's going to add a little bit more... I guess more of a spark to this Panthers team. And we know they have a very nice piece in that bottom six. I'd love to do that as well. Obviously, he doesn't score as much as to Chuck, but Dan's favorite player and Ryan Lomberg as well. So this team, you know, they can play tough. They have Gudis on the back end. He's not afraid of running through the glass. This team, I don't know. I This team in a playoff series, I think I would take them over the Boston Bruins right now. Remember, they have Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight too, and I trust those goaltenders a lot more going into next season than I do with an Allmark and Swayman tandem. Um, but, you know, Dan, what about, like, I just want to get your perspective on Ryan Lomberg here before I continue. We know that you don't like him very much. Does this kind of change your mind now that I'm talking about the physicality aspect? Okay, yeah, so now that you mention it, that is even more of a reason why I think Boston is going to win that series, because Florida has that loser Ryan Lomberg that I hate for some reason. I don't even know why I hate him so much. He just really grinds my ears. And so, uh, yeah, not a fan of that guy. I uh, don't have really much more to say about him, but, yeah, I would still still pick Boston. You know, one thing that's, like, kind of funny is that we keep going at the Florida Panthers versus Boston. But, like, let's, like, remember here, they lost to Tampa. The, the, the hurdle for Florida has been the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the second question I asked our friends over at Panthers Report was, um, do you feel the Panthers now, with this team, can compete with the Lightning next season if they met each other in the playoffs this time? And his response was, 
I think they can, yes. It all comes down to how well these new depth players gel with each other. I think another big thing is finding another defenseman that can play well under pressure. If one of Ludwig, Gildon, Slajan, Kerstad, or even Kunin can step up and be that sixth guy that can solidify himself, even if Lucas Carlson, who really improved last season, can do that as well. Our offense doesn't need much help. It's our defense. Nate, does the Florida Panthers' defense concern you? I mean, like losing losing Uyghur is a bit <laughs> is a bit of a loss. Who did the and they and they lost Sherratt too? I mean, like Sherratt, like he's he's all right. <laughs> Sherratt is all right. Like I think losing those two pieces and what, what did they replace them with? They replaced them with uh, you know more guys in their system. Uh, Lucas Carlson looks like he's gonna get a bigger role. Gustav Forsling. I already mentioned the prospects. Um, Panthers report name. So they didn't really bring in a, a, a big name guy to replace them. Obviously, that's a spot that, you know, our friend at Panther Report was talking about. Potentially finding that replacement there. But, um, yeah, so if you just want to finish your point here before we run to the next one. I mean, like, if you couldn't stop Tampa's offense now, or back, like, in this previous season, how are you going to stop them now with that downgraded defensive core? And that's the thing. Obviously, you have Kachuk up front, but Kachuk's a forward. You're going to need to improve that defense before you want to beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. Okay, interesting. Dan, any last things you want to add here as we uh, talk a lot about the Florida Panthers? I think Nate really crushed that one on the head there. Like, if you want to stop a highly offensive team, Florida did not do, I guess, a good job in preparing for that by downgrading in their defense. Um... I guess, well, Tampa also made some changes. Like, they got rid of McDonough as well, so they both kind of... Yeah, Ta- Tampa's a weird team for me to, like, project next year because, like, we know that they're the Tampa Bay Lightning and, like, they are, you know, yeah. still the Titans that they are, but they did they did lose McDonough, so... And they don't... They never usually make, like, too many big moves, I noticed. So that was, like, one of the, I guess, bigger ones we've seen in a while. Yeah, they have a... I, th- I feel like they're, like... They try to keep that core, like, close as they can to... Their championship teams, you know, they they sign guys longer term contracts. Uh, I'm high on Sorelli. I think he's an underrated uh, selkie kind of guy for next season. He's tremendous defensively. Um, but you know, it, it's it's going to be an interesting year for sure at the top of the Atlantic. But it only gets better when you look in the middle now. And the first thing we got to talk about here is the very very hyped up Ottawa Senators. Nate, they added Claude Giroux. They went out and traded for Talbot. They got rid of Murray and his money. They made a couple veteran moves. Are you sold on the Ottawa Senators and Pierre Dorian's run of fame right now, I guess, this summer? And, you know, they go out and they land Alex to break it for a pretty good package. Are you buying the Ottawa Senators' stocks next year? Um, I just want to say that I don't think they'll make playoffs, but they definitely took a, st- a step in the right direction. Claude Giroux is going to be a very nice role model to these young players. You have Stutzel, who's coming in. Wait, role model? A role model. <laughs> like, he's he's going to be a nice locker room guy for these young like, guys. No, the way you said role model makes you like, think about like, like a kid. Like, yeah, yeah, no, but like, like you, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, no, Clo- no, I know you're Claude Giroux, he's going to come in. He's going to. I agree. He's gonna be like, uh, like almost like a dad to like, cause like he's an older player, <laughs> just, like, like kind of like, like Mar Marlo with the young, like Marlo and Thornton with the younger players. Okay, don't, don't compare Giroux and Marlo with there. Marlo he's getting pretty like, old. 
Giroud's but, still, like, I love Giroud. And that's weird coming from me because, you know, I hate Philly, but. I think his play is obviously downgraded, but you have Stutzel, you have Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, you have Kachuk, obviously, and then you have another young player who's still young in Alex Debrinkat, who's a very underrated acquisition. I think I think they definitely took this step in the right direction. I don't think they make the playoffs. I think I don't think they have the experience for that yet. I don't think they can edge out like you know, like these wild card teams like Boston, Washington, uh, the Islanders maybe if they if they somehow make a comeback after that distat what's Oh my god, disastrous season. (laughs) But yeah, I don't think they make playoffs. I think they make it next season, though. Look, new job, new Nate. It's struggling to record today. (laughs) Poor guy's going to have to go to the AHL right now after this one. But Dan, do you think the Ottawa Senators are an improved team? Do you think they make the playoffs? What's your say on them? Like, they've improved drastically from last season. Like, the additions of DeBrincat and Drew amazing. Dubrin Cat's gonna like obviously we've seen what he's done in the last couple seasons. Like he's so good offensively. Like Nate was saying, Giroux's gonna be a great locker room guy. He has the experience. Um, these two the young guys, Josh Norris and uh, Stutzla, I, I think they're they're only gonna get better from here. Um, I, I think they still do need some work on the back end. I'm not sure if they will be able to make uh, make playoffs but I think I think it'll be close for that forward spot I think there's going to be a couple teams in the running for that I again being a Toronto fan it's weird to say this but I do like Ottawa as well like we know because the Battle of Ontario it's a yeah. bit of a rivalry there but Cam Talbot that addition as well uh, I, I think that is a bit of an improvement from last year obviously Murray wasn't wasn't great for the Sens last year um, and then they I think Forsberg, is it? Forsberg. Forsberg that guy that guy's a sneaky he's sneaky so, with, like, with Ottawa, I just want to get this out of the way first. I'm ready for them to start contending for the Stanley Cup just off their jerseys. Like, <laughs> I love their uniforms. I just yeah. have to get – that might be the most random thing I'm going to say on today's episode, but the black and red threads. Like, I was I was literally at Sportcheck yesterday, and um, me and Mitch, the other co-host here, we are looking <laughs> through jerseys, and Mitch looks at me and he's like, dude, the Ottawa Senator jersey is sharp, and – I look in real life. These are so so clean. Um, it's you know the logo is tremendous. So I, I'm ready so. for them to start contending because uh, I I like these jerseys a lot. So but one thing is with the Ottawa. Now let's get more to the serious stuff here. Is Ottawa. I like the Brinket. I like that move. I think the package was fair. Obviously, I think Chicago could have got more, but you know Ottawa did what they did. Then they add Giroux. I like Giroux. One thing like the only concerns I have with this team is their strength down the middle, right? We know they have Norris, who looks like he's, you know, coming together well. That trade right now looks really good for them when they move to Carlson. Um, you know, it's Stutzel. We know that he can play inside and on the wing. Is he going to go back to the middle? Um, I don't think so. I think Giroud's going to play more middle. But we haven't seen Giroud play center in a long time, right? It's been a couple seasons now. Um, so how are his legs going to be? Is he going to be able to still play uh, as a, a top-line center? It's going to be interesting to see, but, man, this Ottawa team looks like they're really pushing for the in the right direction. It's that bottom end. Like, how is that bottom six going to do? And uh, we, we don't know the future of Formanton and guys like that. So, you know, hopefully um, this team could go out there and add a defenseman as well because I just think they're, they're just a couple pieces away. Like, 
they're missing that right-hand shot defenseman that I think can play the tough minutes. And you know, they went out and got Hamannick last year, but I think he's well past his playing days. I mean, uh, you know, a, a big-time contributor. They have Artem Zub, who has been, you know, low-key kind of impressive. How's Jake Sanderson going to do, right? Like, I love that guy. I think him coming out of the pipeline, he's going to be huge for them. Uh, we've seen what he's done at the international level. We've seen him uh, within junior levels as well. He's done well. Um, so it, it's an interesting team to kind of read. And how are, how are the goalies going to do, right? Like, they go and get Talbot, but, you know, everyone is labeling Talbot as the clear number one. Guys, Forsberg was really good last year. He was really sneaky good. And uh, if he could keep what he was keep up what he was doing last year, I would have no problem penciling in this team for a wild card spot. Yeah, I think they they have a chance to make the wild card. But like I said before, they are really young. I don't know if they have that experience yet. I don't know if they have like the experience to edge out a team like Boston or Washington in the long run, or one of those Metro teams. Like you know, it, it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs this year. I think next year though. With Boston getting a year older, with Washington getting a year older, I think they squeak into a playoff spot next year. All right, interesting. Now let's go with the next topic here. Kind of like the Ottawa Senators, the Detroit Red Wings go out and have a very, very entertaining offseason. They add tons of vets in Sherratt and, um, you know, a new goaltender in Billy Huso. They add David Perron, Andrew Kopp. I love those two moves. Guys, are we buying the Detroit Red Wings now? Nate, let's start with you again. If I didn't buy Ottawa, I don't see myself buying the Detroit Red Wings. Like, like they are in very similar to Ottawa in a way where they took a nice step in the right direction. They have, you know, they have Mertz Sider. They have Raymond there, too. Like, those are two really young guys, and they, all they have to do is just build around them because they can be cornerstones to a Stanley Cup winning team in the future so I think not this year but maybe next year I, I, I will put them in my wild card rankings interesting Dan what about you uh, again I think it's going to be a race for that fourth spot uh, Perron and Andrew Cobb I, I've been high on Andrew Cobb for lots. I've loved him in Winnipeg I think he was a great player there um and then with Ben Chirot, Ben Chirot's a strong defensive defenseman, like a big hitting defensive defenseman too. He's really strong. And then with the young goalie, Huso, uh, he was really stood out on St. Louis. And so I think that's a, a great, great addition. So again, I think it's going to be a race for that fourth spot. I think like Nate said earlier, that those top three are pretty much, I don't want to say locks yet, I don't want to jinx anything, but those top three uh, in Tampa, Florida, and Toronto are looking pretty strong compared to compared to some of the other teams, but that fourth spot is going to be pretty interesting to see who gets that, and I think Detroit does have a chance. Honestly, I think I, I'm, I'm high on Detroit. The, the reason why is because we look at how young that team was, right? Nate mentioned Sider and Raymond. If those guys can take that next step, you add Perron, and we've seen the clutchness and veteran leadership from him. You have Kopp. I love Kopp, too, on Gaeta's point. You know, he can play in the middle. He can play on the wing. You see him score in high leverage situations. Then you add Simon Evson, who's going to be joining this team on the back end as well. You got Philip Peronik, who has had, you know, a pretty solid, respectable NHL career. He's much better offensively than he is defensively. Um, you know, how's a guy like Oli Mata going to do, right? If he could just find his game, just be more of a shutdown kind of guy and let Peronik kind of explore the offensive zone. Uh, this Detroit team, like, you know, Detroit, 
they have an awesome fan base. If that arena, if they start to compete a bit and they're on the hunt there, they're just a couple points away and they start getting their fans back more and more, that's going to be an interesting team to watch. I feel like once they have that fan base again where the crowd is very into it, they're in the stretch of things, um, you know, guys like Jakob Vrana, who really came onto the scene last year, bursted out their offensive play. How is Bertuzzi going to do now that he's going to be able to probably play in Canada, I think, now um, when the season starts? You know, if those guys could contribute as well, this team could be a very sneaky team. And, you know, obviously they have players that we don't know um, if they're going to make the team yet. They have a ton of top prospects. Joel Veleno, is he going to be able to make the step uh, that, you know, we, we've expected for a long time now? But it's going to come down to Billy Huso and Nadelkovic for me. I love Nadelkovic. I think last year was extremely tough for him. Why? Because that defense was lackluster. The team wasn't very good. They gave up a lot of high-danger chances. Nadelkovic, if he could find his game again, paired up with Billy Huso, who Billy Huso had a very nice season last year. I'm not as high on him as others are, but if those two could just provide stable goaltending, this team is going to be a tough team to play against. And they added the veteran leadership here. They have the young guns. If their star and Dylan Larkin can take that step to be the player that we all expect him to be at the early part of his career, that franchise center for the Detroit Red Wings, watch out for this team, man, because this Detroit team, they're fast, and now they're adding that veteran, that veteran leadership. This team could be tough to play against, and they could play a spoiler big time down the road. And I think by the time next year happens, or after this year, this team is going to get playoff lock at that point because they're just going to get better with all the prospects that are flowing through their pipeline. Do you guys disagree with that? Nope, not at all. Nate, what about you? I know you're not really thrilled about Detroit. You're kind of <laughs> you're hating on the new teams like Detroit. I I just I I don't see them making playoffs this year. But like you said, like I I I could definitely see them next year. Next year, I will. I think they will make playoffs. I actually can't wait for the next episode when we dive into the Metropolitan Division and we talk about Columbus because all the Columbus <laughs> fans that are excited, Nate's just gonna come in there and just destroy any confidence going into the season. Boone Jenner Center One. Okay. I, I actually Same saw. I saw. I saw episode. a tweet today about people like really thinking Kane might go to Columbus. So. <laughs> okay. See, so poor Columbus is gonna get slammed on the next episode. So. We'll save that. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think Detroit and Ottawa certainly are going to play spoiler down the road here. It's going to be tougher for teams like the Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning to just walk all over these teams now at the bottom of the division. Heck, I don't even know where to project the Montreal Canadiens because, you know, they do have some veterans, right? Obviously, with no carry price, and uh, they don't really have that core that they had when they made it to the cup final, which still doesn't feel right talking about because it's weird that they played Tampa in a final. But, um you know, like that team, I guess is clearly going to finish last. But like, I, I was just going to say that but Montreal like, is finishing last. Yeah, but then like, what if like Suzuki like just goes off? Like, what if Slapkowski just changes his whole dynamic of the team, right? Like the number one overall pick. Like this team was like, I know they're missing a goaltender because like they're goaltending. Like you might as well set up. You know those tarps, those like shooting tarps. <laughs> you might, like, you, yeah, like you, you might as well just set up one of those tarps because. <laughs> Last year, same with Detroit. Like last year was so bad. Like you might just put one of those in. The shooter tutor is better than Jake Allen. Like Montreal, like I think they might do a little bit better than people are expecting and projecting. Mm -hmm. But I don't see them doing better than any team in the Atlantic. Atlantic is too strong. Atlantic is too strong. Mikey Matheson's there now, though. That doesn't change your mind. No, the the closest you can put them to is Buffalo, and even like Buffalo, I who else would you? No, like the way you just say. 
destroyed Buffalo. Like, yeah, but like, <laughs> but like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm saying it's like, but I, I think Buffalo is a way better team than Montreal. But like that, that's the closest team in the Atlantic. I, like, I don't think like Montreal will finish last in the league. I just the Atlantic is in in this division. Uh, the last place in the league is gonna be a nice battle between Chicago Easy. and Arizona. So that's gonna be interesting. But yeah, I, going back to Nate's point about he just like said like Buffalo, like Buffalo's another team here. We're like, I don't know what to project for them because you look at the roster, like okay, like these guys, like we don't know where they're really gonna compete with. You know, you look at the top end of this division. But, yeah, last year they were, like, having no problem against the Leafs. They were very hard to play against down the line here. Like, what, what is your, like, quick thoughts here on the Buffalo Sabres? Because they're going in the right direction, but it's just a weird team right now. Well, they are one of those teams that are getting better. I personally do not like that team or that franchise. But, uh, again, like Ottawa, not nearly as much as Ottawa and Detroit are. I, they are improving. They are moving in the right direction. And so they will be one of those teams also competing for a playoff spot. Probably not yet, but down the road they will be. Um, and yeah, yeah, they're moving in the right direction. I don't like the team, but that's what it is. I don't, I don't like the Sabres. I like the players just because I think they have a chip on their shoulder with the whole hi- Eichel thing. <laughs> Why are you I, making this team sound like a mighty duck? No, because well, like they, 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 no, like Eichel said, "Fuck this place." Fuck everyone here. I want no, out. No, he didn't. Yes, he basically did. <laughs> what happened with Eichel, he literally said it on a pod. I listened to this Fit and Chicklets pod before also. He literally said on the pod, he will stay in Buffalo if they let him get this surgery. I will stay in Buffalo. And they said no. They wouldn't let him. It's his body. He wanted to get this certain surgery. They didn't let him. So he said, okay, I, like, Buffalo, I'm going to get somewhere Buffalo else. Buffalo's like, a, you can have like a conspiracy <laughs> episode just like on all the shady stuff that's happened there. He was on that podcast and said like, this. Yeah, like, like <laughs> Directly. Like, there's like a lot of talk about the Pagula family, and like there's a like there's more than just the Eichel situation that you can dive into. Maybe that's a potential episode down the road here. But, yeah. You know. Maybe we'll call him on the pod. <laughs> yeah, let's get Eichel <laughs> on here and get some answers. But like they have a ton of young guys, like Owen Power, JJ Paterka looks real good, Jack Quinn, Devin Levi, and Net is somehow like still I a stud. Like, Dylan Cousins. Dylan Cousins as well taking the step. Tage Thompson. Like, Cup what, paid. <laughs> what happened to Tage, Tage Thompson went from average on the wing, they move him to a center role, and the guy puts 30 goals. Like, I haven't seen that in a real long time. From Basically, and nobody comes to my head right away when I think about that. For a guy that just changed positions and just went off like that. But, you know, they, they have faith in him. They give him that huge contract. They, do you think the Buffalo Sabres are still, like, moving in the right direction with that contract? That contract can either be really bad or really good there's literally no in between with that contract it will not be okay it'll just be really bad or really good only because Tage Thompson is like a high risk high reward player like he he put in 30 goals his first year out of position what will you do in his second year especially with a team that's on the rise I think Tage Thompson will I think that'll be a good contract in the long run to be honest yeah I agree a guy that the way he did last year uh with like the size and strength he has like that's he's a huge guy yeah pretty rare in this like this day and age of the nhl um josh you mentioned devin levi before like if he if he actually ends up i I don't obviously think this year but like eventually becoming like the saber starter like i love devin levi that will make me like the team i think significantly more so yeah but we're just gonna throw away uko pekka lukadin 
I actually don't mind him too. Wait, he was a, thoughts on him? The Sudbury Wolf yeah, alum. Former Byfield goaltender. Former Byfield goaltender. Oh, uh, talking about Byfield as well. That's also why um, I wasn't. A, I don't even think I mentioned this yet, but I'm not a huge fan of Stutzla because when Stutzla was drafted and he started performing well, uh-huh. uh, everyone was like going at Byfield about, like, oh, they should have drafted Stutzla, Byfield's a bust, Stutzla's way better, so it kind of made me, I was, like, almost praying on his downfall a little bit. I don't like, I don't dislike the player, but I was kind of praying on his downfall a little bit because, you know, I had a soft spot for, for Buddy, breakout Buddy Byfield. Byfield's breakout season. <laughs> it's coming. Yeah. I, I can't wait to talk about the West. But, yeah, uh, back to Buffalo, the goalies. Uh, Uko, Pekka, Lekin, that <laughs> mouthful of a last name. <laughs> or that would be the best Kevin last Levi. name in the NHL. That is a... What's, what's, the, what's the San Jose guy? Kakin and Capo Kakin? What about Kacken. Ferk? Martin Ferk. They got some promising uh, goalie prospects, though, Buffalo. And yeah. I, I like all of those. Honorable guys. mention for the last names Artem Zoo. <laughs> One of the <laughs> least intimidating last names Zub. I think I've ever heard. Artem Zub. Yeah, but like, you know, it's. it's like, what, what's the guy on Seattle that they drafted? I think second round or late first. Uh, or, uh, Fergus? Yager? Yager Fergus. That, that's a Fergus? sick name. That's oh a sick God. name. Oh, what was that guy in World Juniors? That had Ivan, Ivan. Ivan, oh. I, Ivan, <laughs> Ivan, Ivan. <laughs> that's a stud uh, in the making. No, but, like, on, like, honestly, like, Buffalo's just great. Like, honestly, credit to Alex Tuck because he came over and, like, he changed this dynamic of the team. Like, he went and really embraced becoming a Buffalo Saber. And ever since he really came back, they, like, changed their whole identity. And they were a real spoiler down the road. I remember watching them. I was at the Heritage Classic game against the Maple Leafs. And they, you know, it wasn't like the Leafs lost that game themselves. Like, Buffalo really went toe-to-toe with them. And I think, you know, surprisingly, this team could be on the rise. They could potentially see themselves in the playoffs in a couple of years from now. I don't think they're going to get there this year. But this is a team that, you know, they are, they are slowly creeping in the right direction. And they have a flood of prospects. A flood. They have some really good names. I already mentioned a couple. Jack Quinn, I love him. Uh, JJ Paterka looking like a steal right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how the blue and gold do next season. But let's go to our next topic here. Uh, it's going to be our last one of the episode today. And that is, you know, we're going out west. It's it, it was a move that happened today. And that was the signing of JT Miller staying in Vancouver. Seven years, eight million AAV. Nate, let's start with you. I think it's. Good, good amount of money for now, but that contract's going to probably kill them when they're trying to be competitive, and they're going to have to be paying... How old is he right now, JT Miller? Uh, it, the contract, I think he's 31 right now. He's but 31. They're going to be after paying that guy $8 million till he's 38. I, I don't like that. No, no, until he's 37, sorry. 37, sorry. But o- over the age of 35, I think he's just going to be kind of just like n- not nearly as good, but they're still going to be half... They're going to have to pay the guy $8 million when they're – hopefully the Vancouver Canucks will be somewhat of a competitive team in a couple of years. So they're going to have to be paying him $8 million when they have to build around him. Yeah. Uh, I do think he, like, deserves that money. But like Nate said, for that long, like, in, into the future, when he's getting getting older, I don't know about that, but – uh. But yeah, JT Miller had an incredible season last year, and this contract is definitely—he'll uh, probably be feeling 
pretty good about that after last season putting up 99 points, one point away from his first 100-point season. But, yeah, I, I love JT Miller. Had him on the fantasy team last year. He uh, definitely helped out my team in that regard. And, um, yeah, I think he deserves that $8 million. Seven years, though, is a bit questionable. All right, so let's just make one fix. Uh, he's 29 at the moment, so the contract will take him until he's 37 years old. Uh, my initial thoughts, it, it's it's not bad. Like, it's not a bad contract. Like, the guy, like, like Dan just said, almost had 100 points. But one point you, away. Yeah, you look at his advanced analytics. Now, this is all credit to Jay Fresh, best analytics uh, account on Twitter. If you guys want to follow, like, elite stuff. Um, his projected war is 81%, right? He could play on the wing, he could play down the middle. Uh, his even strength offense was 84%. His even strength defense, though, was 19%, and that is red. So, you know, when you talk about even strength defense, you obviously want to see that over 50, especially as a center. Now, I just don't know if I trust a guy like JT Miller to be paid $8 million through his 30s because majority of his production has come off the power play. Uh, he's also, you know, got a pretty good number of secondary assists as well to those stats. Um, Vancouver, like this, I, like, I feel like this is a, a huge miss here from the Canucks because I feel like the Canucks could have moved JT Miller right now at his highest peak value, and they could have got something real nice out of it. They could have got a flourish of futures. They could have got first-round picks, top prospects. It was interesting to see how much buzz was around JT Miller. For him to just, you know, sign that extension today, or that was like, you know, like just out of nowhere, like there was like conspiracy theories about him going to the Islanders. Is he gonna go to the Toronto Rangers. at the deadline? The Rangers, okay, the Rangers are in every single talk. Like, <laughs> like Patrick for Kane. the last like three years now, every single person available, the Rangers are in on. Yeah, because like, they're big market. Like I'm it's like not, the Leafs. Yeah, but like, I remember scrolling through Instagram and I see like photoshops of these getting pocket in Rangers <laughs> uniforms, <laughs> and then there was like, I'm like, okay, like, I just want to say, Patrick Kane is a Ranger. Calling okay, here like, 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 we're gonna shut the pod right now. Like, enough with the Rangers. Like, we're gonna have a like a beef with them all year long because like if they just like love like swapping like every player available. It's their uniform. It's all over my feed. Like, watch next. It's gonna be like Dalene when Buffalo's ready to move. No, Dalene. they were talking about like nice Land of Scott coming to New York and like Nugent Hot. Like, <laughs> every single player on earth is coming to New York. Do, can we see Patrick Kane going to Toronto? Like, no, oh, I, I don't. I don't think. They they're gonna have here. to like retain some of that salary if the, if Toronto wants to afford. Oh yeah, yeah like no. No, well, like any player Toronto wants to trade for, they have to retain <laughs> yeah. salary at this point. Like, no, like I, I have a feeling like that is like, you know, I like to be like a boring kind of like realistic like hockey guy like when I like do my takes, but like something like really telling me like don't sleep on this, like don't don't sleep on this because, you know, Austin Matthews contract, right? We know that it's coming up soon. We know Kyle Dubas doesn't have the best, I guess, reputation outside the league. What if you bring in a guy like Patty Kane? Patty Kane plays with Matthews. Let's say Patty Kane takes a cheaper deal, stay with Toronto. Austin Matthews, guess what? That trust with Kyle Dubas, I think that's a key to an extension. You guys don't agree with that? I agree. Bringing in another pretty big American player like that could also convince. Uh, Matthews into staying a couple more years. The thing is with Matthews, it's like Johnny Goodrow leaving Calgary was like a huge wake up call for like the Matthews situation. Like, what what if that happens to Matthews? Like he he just 
he just says, no, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, well, if, if they lose in the first round again, and like, I, I think he might leave. And especially, everyone wants to say, oh, Matthews to Arizona. But what if Arizona gets Bedard and they win the draft lottery? I will tell that you. would be a very interesting thing to monitor if Matthews Look, is interested in no. playing with Bedard. I'm going to stop you because, <laughs> first, I just want to get this out of the way. We are not comparing the city of Toronto to Calgary, number one. Number two, we are not comparing arenas and situations <laughs> yeah. because this guy, and I can confirm this with my own eyes, is leaving Scotiabank Arena in a blue, like Maple Leaf blue Lamborghini every night. So something yeah. tells me that he likes this city vibe. We know he's a big Justin Bieber guy. We, I have a feeling he likes being in the hockey universe that is in Toronto. I think he likes being the face of the franchise there. Obviously, that comes with a lot of criticism. But Austin Matthews is a guy that, you know, he's so hard to predict because he's very quiet for a star. Like, we don't get a lot to read about into him. You know, obviously, he shows a lot more personality than, like, the robot and Connor McDavid. But, like, we actually don't really know much. Like, Matthews doesn't, like, have a YouTube channel like other famous stars. Like, he's not Trevor Bauer. He's posting, like, my practice today. Like, so we really don't know much about the personal life. We know that he loves going back to Arizona in the offseason. We know that he loves his culture and all that, which is, you know, amazing. Like, I love the player. I love all that stuff. that he, I love the mustache and stuff, too, to represent his culture. That is awesome. Um, uh, he needs the stash. So let's just make sure that he keeps that long term. Let's get that out of the way. But, you know, Austin, like, we don't really know, like, what's really going on in his head. I, I find that part, like, the most interesting because, like, there's tons of hockey fans that are in Nate's agreement here that are like, mm-hmm. well, look at Goudreau, and Goudreau was done. Well, I would be done, too, in Calgary looking at that locker room. Like, I think we have a better one over here at the local community center. <laughs> like, that just looks like our What's the Mackenzie Weger video? Yeah, like, that looks like our change room slapped with a couple logos on it and some name bars. Like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not that, like... I think the Madison Square Garden away locker room was better than that. No, that literally that looks like a community center change room <laughs> just with logos and name tags. So, like, I think even gym class change rooms have better ones. But, I, you know, respect to Calgary. I, I love what Calgary did. So, like, you know, I might be talking harsh here on this episode, but we'll give them some love the next episode. But um, anything else you guys want to add on today's episode? Hi. Well, I want to kind of talk about the Matthew situation as well. Like, I, I think... Uh, <coughs> you all right? Yeah. No, with Matthews, like, what Nate was saying about, um, like, him being fed up, I, I don't think he would be like that. Like, where he's like, okay, we lost... And that's it. Like I'm, I've had enough. Like I think he wants to be that player that switches around this franchise. That is the the guy that does it for this franchise to finally get over that, over that cliff, over that hill, and take this team to the next level. And also about Bedard going to Arizona and Matthews wanting to go there. Like you, you could say all that. Like obviously you can't rule anything out. It is a possibility. Although I don't think Gary Bettman in any way in hell will let Arizona win the draft lottery. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, Wait. I hope Matthews doesn't leave. Were but. you being sarcastic with that? No. <laughs> no, like, bear, like Gary Bettman would, like, I, I have a feeling he is going to, like, rig the next, like, five drafts no. for Arizona. Like, I, I remember hearing hearing something about that, too. Well, did like, you see the video when, like, Montreal got confirmed the pick? He's like, well, well, well. Yeah. Like, I'm like, okay. Like, I, I've, I've heard that like he, like 
they were they will not let Arizona get there. <laughs> like just they they don't not have the market to receive a first overall pick. No, like I, I just it think was like the ra- the Rangers. I think it was the Rangers where it was like, wait, the Rangers won. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they like, dropped the ball. They dropped the ball. They, no, like, I I still I that was the best day of my life. <laughs> well, well, no, like just like that video is hilarious. Like. We gotta post it on the IG. Though. Well, 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 Montreal. <laughs> like he looks at his paper like it's a script. Like that yeah. wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, but but again, with Matthews, like going back to that, like everybody in Ontario pretty much loves, obviously other than Senators fans, loves Austin Matthews. They all love this guy. He loves the attention. He loves the hype. He is this guy in Toronto, and he like Toronto is so close to getting over that hump, and I think they will. And I think he wants to be that guy to take them over the hump, like I was saying before. And just, I, I can't see him, although it is his hometown, like I know he obviously loves to go and visit in the summertime, like as anyone would. Yeah. Uh, but to play there in a market that small, again, even though it is your hometown, you grew watch, watched uh, your idols play there, I, I can't see him doing that. It's definitely going to be something to monitor, but I don't know. I, I, I hope Toronto keeps him because I think he's perfect in that kind of franchise because we know they're the kind of the mecca of the hockey universe, yeah. right? Like Jacob Chickren said it last year, so you know that's a non-biased perspective. Like him being the face down there, I, I think it's cool that he's in that Canadian media going against guys like McDavid, and now we're going to have even like Huberto and Kadri now at West, and we have the Vancouver Canucks, so... Canada and their teams are certainly getting better. It's going to be interesting to see which Canadian team can win the cup first. We know with the Ottawa Senators adding the Brinkin and Giroux and stuff, they look like they're starting to push. Uh, but, yeah, I think that's all from us today on the Crushing Booze and Pain Deuce Hockey Podcast Episode 2. I just want to get it out of the way that if you are hearing some crazy roaring coughs in the background, that is from myself. I am battling a serious, serious allergy uh, attack right now, and, I, you know, you know, I'm like uh, the Keith Yang of Iron Man streak, kind of keep it alive for you guys. So I'm not like Mitch. I'm not uh, skipping out on the pot. So <laughs> an allergy. Yeah. <laughs> it's called being a Penguins fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do go down like glass uh, with all the man games lost, but still, you know, I, I came with barely any voice and uh, you know, a really date like awful cough. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out of the way. But I think that's all from us today, guys. And uh, episode three is going to be interesting. We're going to go to the Metropolitan. Get ready for that one because we have a lot of Metro fans on this podcast, and it is going to get spicy. And, There's uh, going to be an unbelievable bias towards the Rangers and Penguins. <laughs> okay. like, I just want to like say to Columbus, like I, I feel bad because like Dave's going to come for you guys. But uh, don't worry, I think Dan's got you guys. I like He'll give you guys some love. He loves uh, your goal horn. <laughs> That's his favorite part. But And Nasher. And Nasher. And you guys have to be now, so it should be interesting. Uh, but that's all from us. We hope you guys had fun. Uh, this is uh, what the Crushing Booze and Paying Dues Hockey Podcast is all about. Having fun, having a, a good laugh with a nice cold beer along your side. Um, we'll get back to you guys again next Monday when we talk about the Metropolitan Division and the Philly Flyers, if they should get rid of Fletcher. All right, that's goodbye for good. See you later, guys.
I know what I see. 